Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everyone, welcome back to part three of the Stompcast. We are currently, um, I wouldn't say knee deep in mud, we're kind of ankle deep, actually we're not really, we're just kind of the thread deep in mud in Holland Park. I'm trying to make it sound really exciting. It's not like the time we are up with Billy Billingham and I was falling down the mountain and landing in deep bits of mud. Anyway, it's been a much more relaxing uh, wander and uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation so far. Um, Kagi, we dive into this bit really and look at um, life lessons. I really enjoy this part because we've all experienced different things. We've all learned things from our lives. We've all importantly made mistakes. What do you think have been the biggest life lessons for you and what have you taken away from them? One of the biggest ones was when I was, you know, going through my Saturn return. I didn't, re- it wasn't like I was going through it with the awareness mm. completely. I, I knew what my Saturn return was, but I was just kind of in this turmoil. And I ended up going to this retreat. And when I was at this retreat, we had to do this exercise, which was really an exercise on like recognizing your responsibility in things. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I could not see that I was responsible for anything. I was like, honestly, because it was also in that during those days we were doing, it was a couple of days of silence. So we were doing this kind of timeline exercise in silence and having to answer these questions. And one of the questions was, what role did you play in the unfolding of this? Okay. And I literally went up to the teachers and I was like, I don't understand the question. I just was here. so stuck in this sort of like victimhood mentality of feeling like things were happening to, to me, me yeah. not for me yeah. and that once it was literally just a light bulb moment when I actually realized that I couldn't even understand or comprehend the question that's how stuck I was yeah. and when I switched that everything kind of changed because when you when you realize that you play a role in the unfolding of every situation that you're co-creating everything that's happening yeah. to you you have to take on that responsibility and there's a huge amount of like power in that but then there's also fear because then however anything unfolds you have to accept that you played a, a part in it indeed and actually that's been probably my most powerful lesson in learning and it's something i still have to come back to i think that we can all be guilty of kind of going into like mm. why me and when something bad happens you're like I didn't deserve that, whatever. But I also can recognize that looking back of over my life over the last 33 years, everything seemingly bad that happened led me to something amazing that I could never have planned or anticipated. And so actually, I always look at it as like, it's a bit of a detour from the yeah. universe and life is gonna throw us off track so that we can acquire the tools and the wisdom that we need. And often that's through painful experiences Mm. so really just recognizing that the part you play in everything Mm. and leaning into things rather than resisting it like trusting in the unfolding of what's happening even if you can't see Mm. how it's for you at that moment Mm. in time I believe that the the more you lean in the better as you were talking there there's two things that really 
sprung to my mind. First of all, I think that word of, for me, it's accountability. Mm -hmm. So in any situation, you'll always have an element of accountability. And often I think the reason people hate other people or jealous of other people or want to drag other people down is that they're not being genuinely accountable for their own part in any situation. Okay. It's like you take, a, take a, for example, a breakup in a relationship. You might have had a genuinely really bad partner and go, do you know what, they were a really bad person, but you will have certainly have some element of accountability. That might not even be about accountability as I am to blame or I did wrong. It might simply have been you didn't see, you weren't in that situation perceptive to the warning signs of it. It might, it's not about blaming anyone for being a victim and people genuinely are victims in scenarios, but even in a situation where you've been experienced wrongdoing and you genuinely are a victim, there are still things you can learn about yeah. in that scenario, like maybe I should have asked for help sooner or how do, next time if I, if this happens next time, what am I going to recognise okay. to prevent this happening? And I found certainly um, at times where I've been angry at other people or situations, I've not been accountable for what I've done wrong in that situation. Particularly, I think, with friends or relationships, you go, where was my accountability in that? What could I have done differently? And I've, I found that has really helped me. And I think the second thing is as well, is that I do think life is it's kind of funny, isn't it? You kind of get dealt this um, hand, this kind of pack of cards, you get dealt this hand, and it feels like half of that hand is on the table and half that you're holding looking at the cards. You go, oh, I've got these duds, I've got a three or something like that. And, you know, it's a dud card, it's a terrible card, but there's a couple of good cards in your hand. And there's a few things. First of all, you might not recognise what might turn out to be an amazing card, like your two might be your, mm -hmm. your bluff card or whatever. I don't know. You, your, your hand might be full of cards and some of them are going to be much more valuable than, than you think. And unfortunately, you can't swap those cards, can you? And you've got to play with those cards and see how it plays out. And I think the other aspect is the ones that are face down the table, you have no idea what's coming. And that can be good or bad. Some people you might look at and go, oh, they've had an amazing upbringing. Life's been easy for them. You have no idea what they're going to experience. No they might idea. have cancer in their 30s. Someone yeah. might pass away that's really close to them. They might have something terrible happen, a car accident. You don't know what's on that table. And equally, it could be a hand of going, oh, do you know what? I've got an awful hand, genuine awful hand I'm holding. But on the table, there could be some real gems that are going to pop up as I kind of follow, you kind of follow through that life. Yeah. And, yeah, that's I, such a great analogy. I, I kind of, I, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of find it helpful. I think those two big things have been quite important to me. I think going to my thirties, because there are things that we make mistakes, and I look at my life and think oh, I've made plenty of mistakes. There's plenty of things I'm accountable for, and you learn from. But also remembering, yeah, even those things that have happened, they've played out. There are things going to pop up. There's cards I'm going to pick up and see that maybe, and hopefully, will be turn out to be good cards, right? Yeah, because the, the piece you said about relationships, I, I sort of, I wrote about it in the book, is automatically when a relationship ends, we jump to the sort of perpetrator yes. and the victim. Yeah. Like, they did everything wrong. And yeah. as a caveat here, there are real yeah. victims of abuse yeah. and you can be a victim in this scenario yeah. and there's you know people are narcissistic but people very quickly jump to like oh they're my ex is a narcissist yeah. you know what i mean rather than actually like you say taking accountability of the unfolding of things of like what did you learn how yeah. are you not going to repeat that going forward and yeah. i think that that if we could reframe the way we leave relationships yeah. if we can do that with a bit more accountability and grace i think we yeah. would not make the same yeah. mistakes again it's so and again. true and i think actually if you're sat listening oh i think all my exes have been really bad you probably need to think about it if you've had four or five relationships or whatever and you think that they were terrible and all awful maybe you're really really unlucky or more what's more probable is that actually there was there is a more balanced view to have that in certain settings maybe you look at the attachment style and think well was I an anxious attachment style and they were avoidant and the culmination of the two created a scenario that things unfolded and I find that 
really interesting when I look back. And you do, as soon as you break up someone, oh, they're terrible, they're awful, and thank God, and, you know, them. I'm now free. And then you realise, oh, actually, probably they, there's a bit of both, there's a bit of a, a mix that goes on to culminate a scenario. And I think also it's kind of looking back at things that have happened in your life and, and going, do you know what, some things might not have seemed good at the time, but you've taken away things that are, that are helpful, right? Mm, exactly. And that everything you said about the cards as well is so true, because I think... You know, I'm sure you've experienced it online. People are very quick to just judge sort mm. of digital stoning, as my friend Africa calls it. Yeah. And, I, and it's hard to not feel affected by that. Mm. But also I think it's important to recognize, because everyone's going to go through that on some scale, yeah. that the people are saying that, like, they're not allowing themselves to be seen where mm. they need to be. Mm. And they don't want anyone else to do it because it does, they don't want it to highlight that they aren't. Mm. And that's all that that's about. And it's the same with like jealousy when we try and tear people down. It's like, how is that person allowing themselves to be seen no. in a way that you're not? Never compare your hand. Never compare your hand. I would say when the, the, the cards you've got in your hand, as much as you might look across the table and think they've got a better hand, how dare them, it's not fair, and the luck or whatever's played in there, you have no idea actually what they're holding or what's going to pop up. And I, I think that is, I cannot say how important that has been. Our natural instinct as human beings is to compare. Mm -hmm. Everyone experiences jealousy. Everyone, unless you're a, a sociopath or a psychopath, you will experience a full range of emotions, which includes jealousy. And what you've got to do, you've really got to try your best to do is recognize those feelings rising and try to step away from them as much as possible and to rationalize that and go, actually, I don't know what their situation is. Because most of she online hate comes from it, doesn't yeah. it? It comes from that situation. And, you know, people look at people and go, oh, well, you know, you're from a certain background. You're life's amazing you don't have a clue what that parents experience person has, has experienced it's very very important I, I think people would be a lot happier if they compared less whether that's physically whether that's what people have achieved honestly the, uh, so much more happiness would be had if we did less of that exactly and also just focus on the hand that they've been dealt yeah. and how are they going to make that work for them yeah because hating other people won't change your hand it won't change your hand yeah. or attract a better partner either <laughs> <laughs> you get, you're going to end up in a doubly worse situation. It's uh, it's an interesting. What what else have you kind of, um, or do you look back on and think, do you know what? Those are moments that I really take away from. Maybe kind of the highlights as well, because uh, you know it's very important to look back at times and learn from the mistakes. But what are the good things and things gone? Do you know what? I'm really proud of that that you take forward as well. Well, someone asked me earlier actually. You know how do you view yourself differently then to like how you are mm. now and, and to kind of tie into what we were just talking about. Mm. I think before when I was 21 and I was first sort of catapulted mm. into the limelight, mm. I couldn't handle people being nasty. And it mm. was the first time I was exposed to social media and stuff. And then of course there was the press and people mm. commenting. And I, would re I was someone that would read you know, a thousand comments and there'd be one nasty one and that's all that I would see. Mm. And I'm really proud that actually, you know, by going on the journey that I've gone through and f finding something that feels very authentic and truthful that lights me up, that brings me joy and I know brings other people mm. joy. Now if I read something and there's one nasty comment, I'm like, I can see it for what it is. Mm. I can see that, you know, again, I've been, yeah, I've been dealt a very good card, but like a set of cards, a lot of people would view me and think, oh, she has it all for all these various reasons. Mm. And whilst that's true and I appreciate that, I've chosen to like channel it into an area yeah. where I feel is like trying to make a meaningful contribution. And if anyone kind of like has anything to say about that, I just yeah. I well, can, you like, also should be unapologetic. I mean, it's kind of it, it, you know in the same way I'd never look at someone who'd been 
born into a very difficult background and say like, oh, it's their fault they were born into that background. I wouldn't do the same to a child, a baby, a newborn. Imagine a newborn baby is born. How dare you be born into uh, an environment where you aren't, you are with food and you have opportunity. Uh, and I think for me, I, I think we, we often waste a lot of energy tearing down others rather than creating new and better environments for people. It's kind of like, I look at the mental health space and I think, you know, how, how have we had situations where it was a crime to try and take your life, that we incarcerated people who are struggling? And you could get very angry and smash the place up and, you know, tear the place down because that's how things were. Or we go, do you know what, this is the situation we're in and we try and build better and we try and create equality and equity of opportunity isn't it like kind of that kind of idea of yes it's important for everyone to have opportunity but also focus on people that haven't got enough of that opportunity or maybe require more support to access opportunity and give them you know better help uh, and i just think online i mean if people kind of view that as well not just in terms of like society and public changes kind of looking at the situation going this is my situation is good and bad how do i improve this and how do i maybe learn from other people's situations or whatever and, and, and build you know, a better kind of future for myself without, I guess, ending up in a situation where you're kind of like, oh, my life isn't good enough or yeah. you know, I hate my own life or I hate them even worse. And the amazing thing is that's accessible to people now, mm. you know, in, in a way that it wasn't sort of 20 years ago. The fact that podcasts like yours exist and people are allowed to be involved in these conversations that ordinarily they wouldn't, wouldn't have access to. And I think that that's a really progressive step in opening up the conversation so that people have the tools that they need. Mm, absolutely. Let's do our health fact of the week, shall we? Um, the lunar cycle affects our sleep. So during the full moon period, it takes an average uh, five minutes longer to fall asleep um, and people uh, doze for about 20 minutes less. Uh, and also their melatonin levels drop. So melatonin is a hormone that regulates the sleep-wake cycle by causing drowsiness and a dip in body temperature. There's also some research that may suggest that the lunar cycle has an impact on human reproduction, in particular fertility, menstruation and birth rate. The moon's effect on Earth is really interesting because obviously our, um, you know, our tides are literally moved by the moon. And there's also been, it's really interesting how in past people have gone or thought there's a correlation between kind of murders and stuff like that and uh, the lunar cycle and some of it's actually quite scary if you really think about it but you know there has been some research and looking into how it affects your sleep people find that they sleep differently uh, depending on where they are in the cycle of the, of, of the moon uh, and also affecting their mood and things you know what's your take on that and you know what I guess research or what stuff have you read you know in, in your kind of astrology well, I guess the word lunatic in itself, mm. you know, that's connected to the moon. And people say that during the full moon, they behave differently. Yeah. So the person that is my go-to for this stuff is Kirsty Gallagher, the one mm. that I mentioned that I go on my stomps with. And yeah. her work is like all around the lunar cycle. But for me, the, the particular area that's not given as much attention is the dark moon, which happens before the new moon. Mm. And that is a period where often you're kind of the emotional stuff that you're struggling with comes to the surface. Mm. So everything will feel a bit more heightened. Mm. You might get a bit like ratty about things. And then the new moon happens and it's basically bringing those things up so that you can release them so that you don't end up repeating them when you come back to that point in the same cycle. So that's a particular area that I find mm. worth really looking at. And obviously people use new moons as manifestation. We're about to have new moon in Aries, which mm. is quite a big one because it's the start of the astrological year. Mm. Um, but I personally, like in terms of sleep, I don't get that affected, but my cycle is affected by the moon. So I always pay attention to where that is because that can 
you know, and if people are on birth control and stuff, it will it will interrupt with that. But that's a really beautiful like representation of how like nature and we mm. kind of communicate mm. together. Mm. It's so. interesting, is that there's so much we we don't know and don't understand, and I wouldn't pretend to have a huge amount of understanding in this area, so I'd caveat hugely with that. But life is very cyclical, isn't it? If you look exactly. at any part of life, birth and death, there is a cycle. Um, if you look at the seasons, for example, uh, the fact you know our orbit of the moon and our orbit around uh, the sun. Everything is, is cyclical in life, isn't it? And, and even from a perspective of reflection, I think having that kind of knowledge of, do you know what, like, you, you know, maybe this last month, you know, this, these are the things that have happened, these things that have worked out, these things that haven't worked out, or the ways that I've dealt with it, I think can be really helpful. I and mean, we use it in that kind of the new year, don't we? It's often a time of kind of reflection and so on. Although I'm not like a big fan of the new year, new me, I do think it is helpful to reflect sometimes, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and also we are seasonal creatures we're Indeed. supposed to be working in that way so you know to apply it to specifically oh like a woman's cycle is you know you go through every season and that's a way that a woman can really tap into her intuitive knowing we're not hmm. supposed to be operating in this like go 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 mentality and have all this energy all the time we're supposed to you know we as our cycle kind of goes we'll have a period where we're supposed to be putting ideas out into the world and then we'll have a we'll have a time where we're supposed to be more um, inside and kind of nurturing mm. ourselves and having good foods and things like that and so I think just using that and it is also kind of works with working with the cycle of the moon is a really beautiful way to kind of tap into that natural way of being that I think we used to do and it's just about reconnecting with it. I think that was a beautiful note to end uh, the Stompcast on. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a lovely walk. And then actually the sun has really come out. We started at slightly grey, but it's, uh, it's actually great. shining on you at this, <laughs> at this moment. So um, thank you so much for, for, for joining me. And oh, well, well done to everyone me. on your uh, Stomps, whether you've listened to this in three separate parts or in one go. You're looking after your health, your mental health, and hopefully you're learning some things too. Make sure you go and get Kagi's new book. From Whether it's a bad bookshop or a good bookshop, <laughs> go and get a copy. Take care and goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.